You want this? WrestleMania! Welcome to Back on Track with your host who can't hold nothing in his hands. God damn. Troy Track Select ain't nothing changed, man. And we're down here on the court ringside at the Steel Cage match. And we have a guest this time. Uh, what, uh, what, what did you say your name was again? Uh, it doesn't matter what your name is. All right, for real though, this is. I figured it was going. I've been holding that joke in like all you know, week. You know, I got something for you. I got something for you. <laughs> you know what? Since you want to talk my name, don't matter. Why don't you check all them bags you got, all them shirts you got that you bought from Target? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let me. Uh, let me yeah, let's go ahead and get a proper introduction. Uh, go ahead and tell them who who we're talking to right now, man. And you know, you talk to the one. No, you know what? Hold on, hold on. You're talking to. The one, the great one, Keyshawn, you know, it's just me. Uh, nice to meet everybody. I'm glad to be here on the key to life. Uh, the key to everything, the key to your woman's heart, the key to your auntie's heart, you feel me? But we here. We here. We're going to be a pro. Yeah, I'm saying something too wild. My hair be looking. <laughs> but um, I'm here. Honored to be here, you know. Awesome boy, my boy. I told you that like, you know, this dude, he be pushing. And if y'all don't know, go ahead and get on that Patreon. Because he out here making the exclusive content. Yeah. Y'all know. When that Patreon opens up and I quit playing. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, I'm trying to think how do I really want to do this today, for real, for real. Uh, first off, let's let's talk about you for a second. Before we get into the music and whatnot, uh, Keyshawn, he's really a celebrity now. We're getting invited to Targets <laughs> and stuff. All these people asking all these questions. Um Tell them what's been going on in, in your life real quick, and then we'll, we'll move on. All right, all right, all right. So little updates. I'm going to be quick with it. If I know, I'm a recent grad from, you know, the one and only greatest HBCU, yeah. NCAT, North Carolina Agricultural State University. Yeah, nah, nah. You got to say the whole thing. North Carolina Agricultural Technical State University. There you go. You know, NCAT. Here we are, here we are. Class of 2020. You feel me? Uh, just uh, I'm a graphic designer. Uh, so young graphic designer at that, mm-hmm. but recently I won a national competition between HBCUs to put a t-shirt design for Black History Month, you know, oh yeah, shout out, you know, it's the first day of Black History Month, right when we're recording this, so all my Black people out there, love you. Yeah. yeah, so, um, ain't nothing but love, so, keep your head up, <laughs> <laughs> alright, but I did that, made a t-shirt for Black History Month for Target, and it's in stores now, everywhere, worldwide, and like Troy said, I'm a celebrity, but I'm not a celebrity. I don't want none of that thing. None of that. I do love the recognition that I am getting, though, because a lot of designers do not get it. So a lot of stuff y'all wearing, there are silent heroes who are watching y'all. I'm like, oh, I made that. So it's awesome to see that me, a young black designer, at that and the world right now is getting recognition for our design I made in the stores. 
Now, am I getting royalties? Hmm. But they are paying me in other ways. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Real, real quick, just to sum it up. Basically, Keyshawn um, has been the winner of the HBCU. Uh, what's the actual title of the uh, HBCU Design um, Challenge? Okay, HBCU Design Challenge for Target. So, you know, I'd be wearing a shirt because I'd be supporting my homie. Uh, I got the bag, too, but his is the design that says, uh, is it Mind, Body, Soul? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mind, Body, Soul on the front. It's got his picture on the front. Uh, does it have your story, like your name, on the shirt as well? So on the tags, they have my names and everything. It had me sitting at my own, at the table or whatever, at my desk. Yeah. But it shows that I am a winner. And then it says, I think it tells them where it's going from, too. Which is really dope. Yeah, I got the bag on me right now. Actually, get you some swag, dog. Uh, yeah, spend like, some money and support Black Business. It's Black History Month. Right. And y'all don't even have to buy my design. You can just buy any of the winners. Design. Like Aisha's one of the winners. She has a cool design with a um, black one with an afro on hers. You can buy Isaiah's, which is really dope. He has a hoodie. So y'all like hoodies. You know, it's still cold right now. Go ahead and get up. And even not buy a hoodie because, you know, it's, it's that type of that season. But literally just support everybody. This is a big one for everybody. And I, I cannot stress it enough. It is a big thing to have a designer's recognition. You feel me? That's something big. Mm-hmm. So it's been a while since I'm processing it. Everybody, bro, why aren't you not more hyped about this? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's because it's something new. Mm-hmm. And I'm only 22. You feel me? Uh, bars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick. Oh, yeah. So are you, are you cool with your last name being on here? Or? Oh, yeah. Keyshawn Sanders. That's yeah. my full name, y'all. So Keyshawn Sanders, uh, go ahead and plug your Instagram. Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Now. All right, all right. If you guys want to hit me up on my Instagram, my personal is Keyshawnable, Keyshawn Abel. If you don't know how to spell my name, K E S H A W N Abel. It's literally just that. My art page is literally the same thing, Keyshawn Abel Art. That's it. But you know, the reason behind that name is Keyshawn is able to do anything with art. And that's really anybody when you put your mind to it. Like my boy Troy over here, Shameless Plus, support this man's podcast, Troy Chat Select. He said, I'm going to do a podcast. And guess what? He was able to do it. And right here, we're rocking. Yeah, drop some money in the cash app. I knew, you know, I know beforehand it was January. And I know we like to say all that black people unify stuff, but y'all be lying. You know what I'm saying? Hey, y'all ain't been dropping the cash app. I've been seeing the numbers of how many people who be watching this. And y'all don't be dropping support black business. I know, you know, I know what it is. It's because. You internalize all the white man's hate in your mm-hmm. heart, and that's why you can't reach down into your pocket, pull some money out, and drop it in the cash. Now, quit playing with me, man. You know what? That's crazy because it is because of the white man. They don't. They think it's cheaper mm-hmm. to support black businesses, mm-hmm. but what they don't understand is these rappers. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Gucci, mm-hmm. uh, Givenchy, mm-hmm. but they don't want to buy none of that food. Yes, for us. Buy us. Yes, how you not gonna get right? Mm-hmm. Even though they had some bad designs, mm-hmm. we just we just we just trying to get right out here. See, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock lived on us. Look, we didn't. We didn't get forced to make the roads. We made the road, and now they driving on. Why, why do I got a gas-free car? Oh my god! Why do I not have that? God, let me let me quit playing. We, we deep in this podcast. They said nothing about music. Okay, so uh, yeah, back to the the regular theme. If you didn't catch it from the intro, um, we talking about wrestling this week, man. Uh, high flying from the top rope finishers, rock bottom, stunner, stunner, stunner. Uh, super. But you're messing with the game. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Seriously. 
something I was super excited to talk about, a very big part of my childhood. And the reason I didn't do this one solo is because uh, Keyshawn is a way bigger wrestling fan than I am, pays much more attention to it. And I feel like he can give us a lot more uh, insight into kind of the world than I could. I really didn't think I'd be able to do it properly. So that's why he's helping guest on the uh, podcast. And this isn't the first podcast or other piece of content that people have invited to him for obviously from all that t-shirt stuff we were talking earlier design stuff we were talking earlier i mean this is fourth fifth one third one i don't know um but yeah but this this may still means a lot to me because i'm with my brother um yeah man like i've been a wrestler fan since a kid yes all of that attitude era uh real throwback for the real ones wwf no mercy on n64 so the real WWE fans out there uh, but WWE is not the only product I watch for wrestling because a lot of people don't know WWE is not the only wrestling product out there. Mm-hmm. There's New Japan Wrestling, which is really cool. All Japan Wrestling, Pro Wrestling, Noah, Ring of Honor, TNA Impact, or now Go by Impact. And now there's even AEW out there. And then there's some smaller companies like GCW, Evolve. Like, there's so much wrestling going on, going on right now, guys. It's great to have it. And recently, the WWE Network actually sold themselves to, I think, uh, NBC or... I think it's one of those news network, networks on um, programs or streaming services. So you could actually get it cheaper. You get the premium like thing for $9. It's basically the same thing, but now you get also NBC stuff also with WWE Network. But heads up, if you're going to do that, there is some kind of problem going on with the new transfer, apparently, because people who had accounts with that like WWE Network now being sold, there are problems like switching services. It's only for the American... Like, the American branch anyway, which really sucks. But still, if you're out there looking for it, do it. Or you can be like me, just find different websites to watch it. Uh, allegedly, allegedly. Find it, allegedly, find different websites to watch matches. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I'm just going to go straight to it. The world of wrestling played a huge part in, I would think, a lot of kids, uh, oh my God. people's childhoods when they were first growing up. That's the reason I'm a monster now is because yeah. I came up in the Attitude Era, which was some of the like most diabolical, risque, super unacceptable stuff. Oh my god! Uh, that they were allowed to play on cable TV, <laughs> not even on the pay per view on the cables. But they were saying super wild. Wow! Mm-hmm. Like guys, we had. I'm just gonna show like a quick example. Um, Brian Panties matches on national television. That that is already just a stretch. But there's been some other things. But we're gonna leave it at that. <laughs> if, if you don't know what that means, that's you know the women uh, wrestlers. They just had them out there, and they were disrespectful mm-hmm. to them uh, back in the day. Still, they're getting the, not getting the recognition mm-hmm. that they deserve. But they had them in bra and panties wrestling. I used to see people do body slam. I'm talking about full grown men, two fifty, jumping mm-hmm. from the top rope with an elbow drop on a woman. Power bomb. And I'll say this right now, guys. Just a heads up. If you want to ever watch real women's wrestling, even if now, right now, WWE's doing somewhat better than they were in a long time, actually giving them recognition. I would say look at Impact Wrestling, and then also if you do want to get into it, there's a company in Japan called Starting Wrestling, where it's literally just all women wrestlers. Starting wrestling. Um, starting. Starting. So, yeah, starting. Okay, like, it's literally just women you. wrestling. And, and when I tell you, bro, you remember how me and you I'm talking about how I'm not disrespecting my school, but our basketball team's not the greatest. But our women's basketball team, when I tell you, they put in aggression. They put in aggression, y'all. And I've never seen like there's a different peak of like aggression in wrestling where you can really lose yourself in it. Them women in stardom, oh, they really be hitting, bro. They're stiff. And just a heads up, if you watch Japanese wrestling, it's a lot stiffer than American wrestling because it's more about – they look at wrestling as a sport. They have a very sport-oriented. It's like 
It's made, they have post-interviews, um, pre-interviews, match cards. That's kind of normal, but it's, they treat it like a sport. And a difference you can tell, in a match between WWE and Japan-based wrestling, it's silent. The crowd is silent until something picks up. Mm-hmm. And then they, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then they lower it back down. That's true. But um, <laughs> to get the reason why I can talk about this, and this is a music podcast, one of the biggest things uh, and part of the whole immersion of um, a viewer or a fan into wrestling is a wrestler's theme song, which is like one of a huge part of their identity. Um, when they first <clears throat> debut, every wrestler always like you don't debut without theme music. You literally always have to have a theme song. That's why it seems like every wrestler is distinct mm-hmm. and different from another character. Nobody has the same theme song. Most of them, in fact, used to be written by um, Jim Ross, right? Uh, Jim Johnston. But Jim we can Johnston. All, Jim we Johnston. Can good God. That's definitely the announcer that I just said. Jim Ross. But, you know, he still has some fire stuff. Yeah, so Jim oh, my God, he's broken in <laughs> Is it Jim Johnston or Jim Johnson? We're about to fact check ourselves right, right well, now on the fly. Jim um, is super... Yeah, Jim Johnston. Jim yeah. Johnston mm-hmm. is super important and influential and a big part of the WWE universe, WWF for back in the day. Um, for writing pretty much some of the most iconic, definitely more of the iconic songs and basically everybody should a uh, song before they started kind of leasing it out to different artists and just taking pre-made songs. Um, but yeah, so I guess I'm just going to jump into... It was so important because they come in, they've got their song set up, they've got their walk, um, and that stuff was just super important, and we'll get more into some of that stuff uh, later in the podcast. So let's go ahead and get started. One of my favorites, I'm going to start with my favorite wrestler as a kid. Uh, I've got a couple names down here, and Keyshawn's got a couple of his own, but I'm going to start with uh, Kane. When I was a kid, Kane was a... just a extremely terrifying character, um, and I can't bring him up without bringing up his legendary brother, The Undertaker. Um, the whole reason that Kane is even part of the WWE, WWF, whatever. Um, when I was coming up, basically the story is, well, and this is the problem with WWE, is because they try to pretend everything was real. And I know it's not necessarily meant for kids, but kids want to watch WWE. And so you're sitting here and you're watching this and you're like, this is real. I don't yes. care what they say. They, they, they don't even put the, do they still put the don't try this stuff at home? Type they, message still on they still do. Okay. But they used to say that stuff uh, back when I was a kid. And you're going to try it because why wouldn't you? You're eight. Who, who doesn't want to try a DDT on their brother? Bro? Yeah, I'm going to powerbomb my brother through a table if y'all let me. Um, but Kane... Uh, WWE likes to try to put reality in their shows and stuff, so everything seems like it's real. And so as a kid, you're terrified when you see this type of stuff. The story of The Undertaker is... Um, well, you know what? We're, we're, you know, the story of The Undertaker is he's an undertaker who works for... Um, what do you call it? Like a oh, funeral Marshall, home. I think. Yeah. yeah, a funeral yeah. home. And um, his, the story is his family dies in a fire, and so it's just him, um, and he... Uh, basically, you know, is living his life and just decides to become a wrestler. And that's always the funniest thing about it. It's like, no matter how crazy or wacky someone's uh, background story is, for some reason they want to become a wrestler and all they care about now is getting the WWE championship belt 
the 200 different types of belts that they have. Yes. Um, but we'll start off with The Undertaker's music, and then we'll, we'll get to Kane. So Undertaker's music is literally just this old church pipe organ playing. And the first thing you hear is the bell toll, which is, I think, a genius idea on Jim Johnston's part. Because he's an undertaker, the whole thing of like who the bell tolls, um, somebody's passed away, and so that's the reason they're playing it. And he's this mammoth of a man. Uh, look at the size of that ham hog! Is when he was first introduced and uh, they were announcing him. But don't forget also, like later on, the funniest thing was I don't know a lot of people know who Teddy Long is. This man was like, hold on, player. You're going one-on-one with the Undertaker. Yeah, just for that player, you're going one-on-one. <laughs> um, and it would happen. Yeah. For some reason, it would happen. Yeah, so, uh, but the Undertaker, he is like seven, he's 6'10", but basically seven feet tall, um, always walks down the aisle, no running, no none of that. Mm-hmm. Big, long, black overcoat, big, um, wide-brim hat. Um, long stringy hair and like three hundred something pounds. I mean, he's a he's a large man. He's terrifying he's in his own right, especially since they used to when he first came out. He was on all this like weird spiritual stuff as well. Like he wasn't just an undertaker who dealt with dead people all the time, but um, he would do all this this spiritual symbolic ceremony stuff when he would um, do whatever moves he was doing. So he was a scary guy. But long, you know. Church pipe organ playing, bell tolls in the background, and just long, slow, just like a regular funeral. It all makes sense. It all ties itself together in the character. Long, slow, pronounced walk to the stage. Uh, And so, you know, his main, his whole thing is he just wants to be a WWE championship uh, champion now. That's literally everybody's thing. But the crazy story about The Undertaker is. You know, he thinks his whole family dies in the fire so that he some people say because it's different stories. It's hard to tell sometimes. But supposedly the Undertaker starts the fire. Some people said Cain started it. Um, but either way, his whole family dies in the fire. But the Undertaker's partner, manager, Paul Bearer, that's mm-hmm. his name, Paul Bearer, if you get the joke there, um, is he says, oh, your brother did survive the fire. And of course, Kane is, I mean, um, the Undertaker is like, what? And, you know, his brother's name is Kane. And uh, basically, during a random, random match with uh, the Undertaker has with, I think, Shawn Michaels, um, and Kane just runs up in there, rips the doors off. The, it's not a regular match either. Is it Hell in a Cell? I think it was Hell in a Cell. Yeah, hell in a Cell. And when I tell you guys, this is all, this is all scripted right in his storyline. But it at the time, so, two things. There's kayfabe in real life. So back then, kayfabe was meant to be kept. No one would tell. Wrestling secrets was supposed to be wrestling secrets. Mm-hmm. But now people are more open with it now, of course, mm-hmm. because some people can't separate characters and stuff. Because you have people getting doing hate crimes, going to people's houses and stuff. So that's why they kind of leveled it out more. But with that, just think about it. As a kid seeing that, you're horrified. Which is why they shouldn't let us watch it. Well, some people, some parents were good parents and didn't let their kids watch it. You know, of course you're gonna be mad. But now I understand because um, they do crazy stuff like this. So Kane, you know, runs up <laughs> in there, rips the and, and hell in the cell is like a steel cage oh match. So you can only only way to get out is if and the door is locked. It's like they put a huge. Yeah, the door. Um, 
chain link fence with steel bars and stuff around the uh, the ring mm-hmm. that you can't get out of. And the only way to get out is somebody's got to tap somewhere or be pinned or just knocked unconscious. So Undertaker literally just whips Shawn Michaels across the head with a steel chair. Um, Kane runs in there, rips the door off the steel cage, and um, it's terrifying. And he goes and gets uh, The Undertaker, and they start fighting, and they decide to do some stuff later, and I guess we'll get into it. But, um, you know, you hear this music. Supposedly, Kane has died in this fire, and he's got this full body suit on. Uh, you can't see any of his skin when he first appears in the wrestling universe because and he wears a mask. You can't see him um, because the story is his body is so horrible, horribly disfigured by the burns um, from the fire that he has to wear all the stuff. And he couldn't talk at first. You know, supposedly his uh, vocal cords have suffered such damage that he uses a uh, like a, a talk box or a vocal cord thing like the smokers used to use back in the day mm. um and he just holds it up to his throat and he's like you know oh i i want to be a wwe champion and he says and they make him realize they write this stuff so this is the story they chose to go with if he loses the match uh in a championship match he says i can't remember who was with the undertaker i think it was stone cold or something but they say kane's like if i lose the championship match I will set myself on fire. Why did they make the burn victim for the whole WWE universe set himself on fire if he loses the championship match? Um, but whatever. So yeah, with Kane's music, it was very tied in with Undertaker very beautifully. They still use that kind of um, organ at first, that church organ that would usually be used in... Um, yeah, they still be using the uh, uh, church origin, church organ in the beginning, mm-hmm. and um, but then it turns into you know some guitar stuff later, and well, Kane's whole gimmick is fire every time he goes into the ring, um, which boy, is awful. But boy, I used to scare me as a kid when that fire, because you weren't expecting it. Kane was terrifying, and he would lift his hands up. He'd always go to the center of the ring, lift his hands up. Um, and then bring them down, and the whole ring would set on fire. It was like the turnbuckles. Yeah. Like, I don't know how they did it, but it was like, I guess, fire, like, some type of exhaust or something mm-hmm. by the in the ring post, which is kind of scary, too, because you're like, what would someone, what would happen to someone mess it up? You're eight years old watching this, by the way. And you're like, they're like, boom, this man don't control fire. And, and also, one thing a lot of people don't talk about is the tires like these wrestlers wear, which also go into the characters. Mm-hmm. They don't really... Just the music in that. So with Kane's whole thing about being burned, if you look at his entire time, it was just flames. It was designed to look like yeah. flames. It was red and black. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just insane person, insane character. But uh, last thing I really want to mention about Kane specifically tied in with Undertaker is um, uh, what happens. Oh, yeah, so Kane starts wrestling and... Um, Wow, I cannot remember. This is why you write notes. Go ahead and give me some money because I'm a I'm a professional. Uh, but <laughs> they, uh, what do they have? Kane? Do they have him wrestle? Oh yeah, they have these um, buried alive matches. So this is with Undertaker and Kane, and they have casket matches. A lot of the bigger matches that were were well known are really because of the Undertaker because he's such a legendary 
Wrestling, wrestling for thirty years. He literally just retired. Right. Started in the nineties, but oh no, he actually retired. He officially retired last year. Yeah, this past either this it was past month. It was twenty. It was literally last year. Yeah. This man is still, re- still wrestling, y'all. Like fifty something. This man will call this man like, hey, bro, we need to do a one off match, bro. I'm seventy with broken bones. <laughs> Why am I still in this ring? Yeah. So, uh, but basically, quick story. They have casket matches, and they. The goal is to throw, incapacitate the other person so much, and you throw them in a casket, and then you lock it. Um, and so the story is, and this is why I was terrified of Kane as a child. Every person was. <laughs> Kane and Undertaker go in a match. Kane throws the Undertaker in a casket and then sets it on fire, chops it up with some some uh, axe, an axe, pours gasoline on it, and then sets it on fire. And and you're just supposed to deal with that. Yeah. How are you supposed to process that as a child? Because you think it's real. They're crying. You're going to cry. And nobody tells you it's fake, neither. I guarantee you there are kids crying in that crowd. Oh my God. I'm pretty sure if you go back and watch it, there are kids crying in that crowd. There's, There's no, no way you're not going to cry. Because they had kids at them shows. We're not going to let they didn't. You saw The Undertaker be thrown in this casket. It's no cuts or nothing, because they do this stuff live back then. They still do a lot of That's probably a pay-per-view, too. So, yeah. It's fine. Just imagine beating up on Mike over here, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but you, uh, you know, they throw him in this casket. You see Undertaker go in the casket and then they lock it and they set it on fire. Now what you supposed to think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they have matches where they bury the Undertaker alive. And he's, I mean, you're like, bro, you can't survive that. And you see him crawl out of it later. Um, but they do all this stuff live. So it's like, how, how did they do that? It's really, <laughs> you're like, bro, he's dead. Like, There's no way he lived from that. Yeah, so... Um, Could you remember another thing with them was they'll slam people through the arena, remember? Yes. Or they'll come up through the arena. That was horrible. Undertaker would take people, like, drag them. He would come under the ring, literally pop out of the... Pop from under the ring, however he did it, and would drag people down, supposedly, into hell. And uh, they would, like, be screaming, ah! And you'd see them try to reach out. And then he would put that last hand on their head and pull them down into it. Grabbing the scalp like Michael Jordan. Yeah. And then you see um, sometimes fire would come oh, out of it yeah. or smoke. And you, you're you just supposed to process all that as a child. Everybody needs to go to therapy, bro. Go to therapy. Talk <laughs> that out with the, yeah. your doctor. Yes. Because it was so horrible. It was mostly horrifying when Kane did it. I believe when Kane did it, it was like, oh, my gosh. That's Undertaker's thing. And at first, Kane didn't talk mm-hmm. at all. So you just see this this seven foot tall because Kane was seven feet tall. Yeah, he's a little bit bigger than the Undertaker. He he's tall, y'all. Mm-hmm. They made each other eye to eye, and and huge, if not big at the time. Yeah, and Kane was the Undertaker, who was the scariest man. He was literally called the Dead Man, but he's the scariest man in WWE at the time. Um, he was scared of Kane. So if you saw that he was scared of Kane, then you know what you about to do. <laughs> Is that, uh, <laughs> rate this five stars, y'all. Five stars, y'all. Five stars, y'all. <laughs> um, yeah, like, how would you feel about that? Let's see. That's like seeing a good example. That's like, this might be extreme. That's like being scared. That's like seeing Satan scared of something else. Yeah, like, yeah. What? Why is Satan scared? Why? I should be really scared of yeah, it. That's literally who the Undertaker is. Like, like if, if he's scared of this guy, that means I should be absolutely petrified. Yeah. And um, um, because the Undertaker, this might confuse some of you guys because we might have to keep referencing back to him depending on which other wrestlers we talk about. Mm-hmm. 
But that's how big The Undertaker is. He's been around since the 1990s. I think 1990 specifically. Probably in the 80s. Dude has been... I think his debut match was 1990. Okay. So he's been... Like, he's been there for a while, y'all. Or you know what? It might have been as The Undertaker. He was... Yeah. Debuted in 1990. Well, he was probably there for a while long before that. Yeah. So, um... But he's literally probably the biggest wrestler ever, at least in kind of recent times, sort of. So a lot of storylines include him, and that might confuse you guys. The world of wrestling is confusing when you first jump into it. I was doing a whole lot of research, trying to figure stuff out. You won't. <laughs> just accept whatever storyline's going on and just whatever. So I'm going to reference him again in, in accordance to some other characters later on down the list. Um, so that's why he's just so big he is enthralled in a lot of different feuds with a lot of different wrestlers um and and that's why so anyway uh key do you have any uh wrestlers or songs that you want to bring up all right all right so one of my favorite theme songs when i was a kid uh definitely because this at the time remember guys this, there was no alternative to WWE at the time and so there was this new company called tna or uh tna cross a or tna impact and now they go by impact of course because you know can't have names on tna uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but his his name is AJ Styles, which is hilarious because now he's in WWE. Funny thing enough, WWE did not want him for a long time. Then when he went to Impact, he made a name for himself. Then he went to Japan, made a name for himself. Quick quick explanation: a lot of times wrestlers have a lot of issues with the actual companies mm-hmm. of WWE, TNA, Impact, whatever contract. And so in real life, their contracts with the companies become an issue and they have to argue about it and they end up moving to these different uh, wrestling companies and that's mm-hmm. that's why we're saying all these different names. Go ahead. Yeah, so like if you, um, a good example of that too, sorry about that, I give origin on that. It's like, a good example of that is like when you saw like Mr. Anderson on WWE one day and then the next day you saw him on a whole other different company, you're like, what? Why is he here? Yeah. And the thing is they try, they made sure wrestlers didn't do that back in the day. What they would do is give them a, 30, a three month clause. So what that does is once you're released from their company, it basically bars you from doing anything televised, which is kind of messed up in a point. That's like it makes sure you can't go somewhere immediately and have a reaction. But a way to in a like get around that is to work through your entire contract, and for that last night, you can basically break through it. Yeah. So um, we're we're gonna try to keep it as simple as possible, yeah. and we're not gonna go super in depth to the business side of things. Uh, but I'm just gonna drop some small explanations where I feel some people might be confused. Go ahead with your your one of your favorite wrestlers, right? All right, though, by AJ Styles, amazing, the phenomenal AJ Styles. His theme song at the time that I really love is Get Ready to Fly. When he popped out with that, bro, it was like, Get Ready to Fly, boy. Homie popped out. He had, look, right, he had a hoodie on, too. So what he would do is wear his hoodie over his eyes. He'll peep out the crowd a little bit. Then he'd flick it off. And it'll be like, Whoa, like this bitch out here. And I love high flying wrestlers. I love it. Rip Mysterio, guys like that. Yeah. This dude was amazing. AJ Styles was probably one of the best wrestlers in the world, if not in my top 10 list. For some of the accolades he's done. And now he's in WWE. And funny enough, with Undertaker, going back to him, he actually had one of Undertaker's last matches with him. They had like a, because um, now right now with like a, you know, I'm not, don't want to get too much into it with COVID going on. You can all do so much, right? So they had a theatrics match where it was like a buried alive match. And him and Undertaker had a match and it was really good. It was buried funny. alive, y'all. Just want yes. to make sure y'all really hear yes. it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> buried alive. But it was really cool. But like, yes, AJ Styles, Get Ready to Fly theme from TNA. In fact, it was definitely one of his key moments. And not going too much in detail, but wrestlers at a time, if they're a good guy, they're a face. And if they're a bad guy, they're a heel. This means good guy, bad guy, basically. And so at the time, whenever you heard that theme song, you knew it was a good guy coming to the ring. Mm-hmm. 
So you got my AJ. Oh yeah, ready to fly. Yeah. Um, also, all wrestlers have like a finishing move, which is one of the coolest things for me. Um, so that's another thing I forgot to mention with Kane and um, the Undertaker, but they both had. So Kane usually his most identifiable one was the choke slam, literally picks you up by your neck and slams you into the mat. And if you didn't think I was doing that at eight years old. I'm lucky I'm still alive. I'm lucky I didn't actually kill somebody else's kid when I was young. I'll say it's white bottles and GTSs. Yeah. I tried to do a brain buster, but that wasn't going to end well for nobody. But one of the most insane moves, which is, I'm surprised there weren't more deaths from this, is uh, the Undertaker's thing was called the Tombstone, which is very appropriately named. But literally, he picks you up and holds you upside down uh, and kind of holds onto your weight. And waist and drops you on your head. The idea is you you get dropped on your head and your neck gets broken. Now in wrestling they get back up. <laughs> in real life you pull that stuff on somebody your little brother or something he's gonna die. And now your parents are sad and you go to jail. And now you're a murderer. Yeah, now you're a murderer. Now you're a convict. So enjoy that. And now you're locked up. <laughs> Don't let me out. Um, yeah, and so they did stuff like that. And the cane. I mean, Kane and Undertaker did it to each other, to a ton of other wrestlers, mm-hmm. dropped them on their head with their full body. Realize these are seven-foot men who are 300 pounds. And it, they literally now have banned anyone else from using powders in WWE except for Kane and Undertaker. I did not know that. Yeah, so because powders are called good, people aren't doing them right, mm-hmm. and people aren't taking them right. There's certain ways to okay. do it. So like, if you're hitting the head between the legs, your thighs supposed to literally squeeze their head. And so the, the impact isn't supposed to even hit them. Mm-hmm. Their head just doesn't. And sometimes what they do is people will pop up and make it look like they got hit. Yeah. But people aren't doing it right. And so and people are getting paralyzed like Stone Cold. Jesus. And so are almost getting paralyzed. So they say, you know what? All the Undertaker can't use these moves because it's part of the character. It's so dangerous that even the professionals can't do it. Please don't do it. Oh, my God. Don't do it, y'all. Don't do it. So next person, I guess I'll bring up because he's very much tied in with Undertaker. Because a lot of my favorite wrestlers come from the Attitude Era, um, which is kind of in the early, I mean, late 90s to the early 2000s is Mankind. Um, He's a guy I didn't appreciate much. uh, Didn't appreciate like I should have when I was a kid because I didn't know who he was. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to play the video games. And I think that's how I actually saw him. I've probably seen pictures of him. But Mankind is another scary wrestler. If you can see, there's clearly a trend here. I love people who are just terrifying and super intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mankind, you know, he is... He wasn't known for... You know, he is a big guy. But he wasn't intimidating because he was, you know, this behemoth like um, mm-hmm. Kane and Undertaker were. He's intimidating because he was just... He was scary. He used to wear this mask. Again, I used to love him. And he was mask. unpredictable. Yeah, but he wore a mask that is like a leather. It's like leather. It looks a lot like leather face. He didn't wear somebody else's face or nothing, but it was just a weird, really scary looking mask. And he would pull his hair out in matches and stuff. I've been looking back at him for real now, but I, I really didn't know who he was for a long time. I just knew he looked scary, but I didn't know his story. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was kind of deranged. That was his whole stick. He was really ugly, supposedly. Like he was missing pieces of his ear. His face was supposedly so mangled um, that he had to wear this mask and stuff. And um, the reason I really want to bring him up is, you know, his theme song was kind of like uh, it made you think about Hannibal Lecter with these really soft pianos going. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That's his victory theme song. It would be these uh, really slow, drawn out violins, maybe cellos. Um, there were no words in it, just like the Undertaker and Kane's, actually. 
Eventually, Kane's had words, but whatever. Were no words in it, just this. Da, 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 da. And one of the craziest things about mankind is he would. Wrestling is fake and it is scripted, but there are some things you can't fake. When you see someone jump from the top rope onto a cement floor, they jump from a top rope to the cement floor. There's no way to soften that. And them hits and stuff, they do be hitting like. Oh, like the mat is literally wood. Yeah. It's like a maybe a thin pad, and then even out on the concrete floor around the ring, yeah. it's still a thin pad of like leather or whatever. It's supposed to pad it, but not entirely at all. Yeah. So like when we, when we say don't do not try this at home. Do not try it at home. Yeah, when you see somebody jump from the top of a sixteen foot steel cage There's no onto a table, that. like sure you can make the table easier to break through and that sort of stuff, but you still do have to jump. From that, there's no wire or nothing, and they still very much land on the ground, um, flat on their back or something like that. So these wrestlers do take real bumps and real hits. Um, yeah. So, but the most interesting thing about mankind, or one of the more interesting things, is when he's going up against the Undertaker. Um, at a certain point, he jumps. I think it's their steel cage match, Hell in a Cell. Um, he literally jumps from the top of the the cage, which is like 16 feet high, mm. onto a table. Um, and now it's the same with that. Yeah, and he didn't jump. He was thrown by the Undertaker. That's scripted. But he still did have to take that. And when he lands, he actually breaks his, like, I think his collarbone or mm. shoulder, like dislocates his mm. shoulder. And, and this is legendary, y'all. This this moment is legendary in WWE's history. Yeah, it's one of the most famous moments for uh, WWE fans. And he actually, like, Breaks his stuff in, in yes. real life, but he decides to keep going because he doesn't want to end the match. They actually put him on a stretcher to take him home, but he was like, "No, no, no! I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish it." Even though he's very clearly like he has a concussion. They say he's, they talk about it in the past. They say he's really not there. Um, but even the Undertaker, like when he threw him, um, he was scared that he actually threw him too far, like threw him whatever and. That he might have killed him because he looks dead if you watch it. Um, <laughs> no, like for real, like he's laid out. <laughs> well, and, and let's not mention he's probably he's not he's not even gonna get to this part now. But he gets thrown off again, and yeah. then get thrown through the cell. Yeah, that was that was an accident. He he falls through the top of the um, hell and cell. He gets thrown, or he falls through a fence or something, which is sixteen feet high, onto the mat uh, on his back. And again, everyone's terrified. Like he looks dead. Uh, that could have been really <laughs> ugly. <laughs> it was ugly. Not it could have been terrible. But um, yeah. So it ends up later in the match, they make him take a fall onto some thumbtacks. Um, very real. You cannot fake Thank falling onto thumbtacks if it's sticking into your skin. Like that's literally that's, what it is. That's it. And uh, basically, the Undertaker has him on his back like a piggyback, and then just drops like jumps and drops him um and onto these thumbtacks and you gotta realize not only is uh mankind 200 some pounds easily uh probably 250 and up but the undertaker is 300 some pounds and he's on top of him dropping him on these thumbtacks with all his weight it's really ugly looking i mean he actually ends up uh, his tooth goes through his lip um he sticks his tongue through the hole at a certain point in the match. I mean, it's terrifying. And you're watching this as a kid, you know, and you think all oh, this is well, was real. 
Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was incredible to see that sort of stuff. So Mankind is one of my favorites after seeing that uh, this week doing this research. But yeah, um, go ahead with uh, anything you, you want to, you got another wrestler you want to mention? Uh, I was going to add, like, if y'all ever just spit Mick Foley, aka Mankind, aka Cat Jack, aka Do Love, yeah. aka The Man, y'all y'all love wrestling because that man just put everything up. But other than that, my next theme song from New Japan, Elevated, Elevated to the Sky, <laughs> uh, Will Ospreay. Uh, actually, song is literally called Elevated. One of the best hot flyers right now, who's actually now a heavyweight hot flyer. And, if, and like how, okay, so you guys don't know, let me get into it. Uh, New Japan basically goes on weight classes. So there's junior light heavyweight, heavyweight, and then sometimes open weight stuff. By the way, if you say high flyer, we're saying this is somebody who jumps off the top rope on like regular basis, <laughs> you know, um, landing on to people, catching people, throwing them around. It's really crazy. It's acrobatic right. stuff. Okay. Like, literally. 450s in the air, somersaults. These people could probably be in the Olympics if they really wanted to. Some of them are. Mark yeah. Henry was actually a, a power lifter in the Olympics. Yes. Actually, Jeff Cobb, another guy, was in the Olympics. Well, he's in Japan now. There's a lot of people in the Olympics who are wrestlers. And then there was even, uh, you probably heard his name, Stacey Urban Jr. Mm-hmm. He was actually going to be um, wrestling, but he got a concussion. He's like, nah, I'm good. So, which is, you know, that's good because you don't want to look at the longevity of your life. So. But with Will Ospreay, y'all, he is one of the best. If I can even tell you, uh, right now, sadly, WWE has basically bought out almost all of UK wrestling scene. And it's kind of sad because, you know, it's I don't really know a lot of UK wrestlers anymore who aren't with WWE anymore or who are not with WWE, which really kind of sucks because, you know, those guys are amazing. And so one of those guys who pioneered new, like, British wrestlers is Will Ospreay. And dude's amazing. He's in New Japan right now. He's doing some great stuff. He's had some of the best matches this year, honestly. I've, and I've watched him through all of this. So it's, it's something different. I grew with him. So it's like seeing somebody you love that doing something they love. And, um, and when we say theme song, though, these are usually like fully two, you know, two and a half to three, three minutes songs. Minutes. They're real songs. You can look I got a download on yeah, some of my I've downloaded right now on my Spotify, but they be in. They're um, that good. What is Will Osprey's or Osprey's you know personality really like? Because I got stuck. So in Will's a very like cheeky dude. He's a nerd in real life, but wrestling right now he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But before during this time he called himself the aerial assassin. So his gimmick was he literally was based off Assassin's Creed. But yes, and so if you guys don't know now he still does that, but it's kind of a, a, a mix now where he calls himself the Commonwealth uh, Kingpin or King. So he's changed, and now he's become a bad guy. He's a heavyweight now, too. So in Japan, you kind of switch your styles up from going from light heavyweight to heavyweight. You're no longer doing high-flying stuff because you got to maintain your career and can't risk injuries, but you also switch who you are. So when he was Aerial Assassin, Elevated was his song. Like, I'm elevated, bro. I'm out here flying, doing 450s. Guys, there was literally a match in either 2017 or 2018, 2019 that literally caught the eye of so much people, even people who don't even watch wrestling, to make watch this match. And people who, who hated the match, and there are people who loved it. And then people who were like, this is not wrestling because there were so many acrobatics. And they're like, bro, people can tell this is obviously not a wrestling match. But the thing is, people love that match. And it was hilarious because it's like, y'all, y'all have opinions, but it doesn't really matter if the crowd, the people who was for it, is loving it. Well, what's... Yeah, do you know the storyline of the match or what happened? Uh, so the match was, I think, was the best of Super Juniors, which is a 
if it's not obvious, it's the best of the junior heavyweights, basically guys who do like the high flying 450 stuff. And it was against Ricochet, who I can't even get into, who's, bro, when I tell you he's amazing, dude is absolutely amazing in the ring. One of the best high flyers also in the world, new generation. Dude can do flips outside of the ring and land on his feet. And I think you know what clip I'm talking about. There's literally a clip of him doing a flip outside of the ring, landing on his feet, walking up to a mic, and then saying, then show me to somebody. How do you even do that? How do you even comprehend that? So it, it's stuff like that. And they had a match, and it was so controversial, but it was just a good match, really good match. And that literally went on to highlight their careers, which is why now, sadly, Ricochet's in WWE, and they're ruining him. And he his contract doesn't run to 2023, which oh, is yeah. sad. Yep. Uh, and then, but, you know, Will Ospreay's in New Japan. He's doing amazing things. And just just great wrestler all around. Um, right now, he's a bad guy. Whole thing is he turned on the guy who basically brought him into New Japan. And if I can reference him, I'll probably mention the Steve song later on. Kushka Okada. Dude is a... If you want to talk about... You know how in America we have people with faces of a company like John Cena, mm-hmm. people like that? Well, you know, they call them the ace of companies in uh, Japan. Any wrestling company, you have somebody who's a mainstay face who you know can bring in money. Whether bad guy or good guy, mm-hmm. that's called the ace of your company. Okay. So Okada is the ace of the company. He's so like he's so deep in Japan culture right now, y'all. He's literally in games. Like I think in Tekken, uh, there's literally a uh, tire for King, the dude with um the mask, the uh, tire mask. Oh, he literally, yeah. Oh no, it's literally just a uh, tire for him because he's that big in wrestling culture. Okada's one of the best, and funny enough, he's also came from AJ Styles' company, TNA, mm-hmm. because in Japan, once you are done training in that dojo, you're going to an incursion where you learn who your character's going to be and all that. So besides all that, back to the uh, Will's, Will's first theme song, it just gets you electrified. You hear a theme song in the Japan crowd, you really can't really hear sometimes the crowd, but when there was one, you can hear they were getting hyped, and I kid you guys not. One time they had a G1 Climax in uh, America, and G1 was just a big-ass tournament, excuse my language, <laughs> um, a big tournament, which a bunch of wrestlers, there are no breaks, basically, at daybreak, these wrestlers go in for a whole week or two weeks straight having matches. I, these matches can vary from 10-minute matches, 30-minute, 40-minute 40 matches of beating each other, y'all. And so the the American crowd and the Japanese crowd combined singing this man's theme song, and I was just like, this is amazing. So it's just great. Elevated is definitely one of Wellspray's, like, probably his best theme song to me. And I wish they would have kept the same band to make his th- the next theme song. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, let's see. I guess we'll move to one of my other wrestlers on the list. Again, another guy from the Attitude Era, uh, Mark Henry. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at the time... Can you curse? I'll probably just censor it out later. Okay. Do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Oh, man, y'all. This man had a song that literally said, somebody go get that. <laughs> somebody go get that wedding split. Uh, Mark Henry was very much a real, so in, in real life, you know, he was a power lifter. He's got news on him. He won some medals, I'm pretty sure. Or I wouldn't even say medals, but I know he got some pretty high up places. But he's known as, in the wrestling universe, as the small, uh, strongest man in the world. And I think he's he's probably like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, something like that, 300 pounds. He's a big dude. He's, he's still kind he's of He's a large guy. And uh, back then, I didn't like him because, you know, I wasn't interested in no big dudes. But because um, I didn't also – I didn't know his story is given because he doesn't really have a, a sprawling career like Kane and The Undertaker did. But his theme song is one of the 
coolest theme songs, his original one to me, uh, in the entire WWE universe because it's just it sounds like it could have been made by Isaac Hayes. Um, it's called Sexual Chocolate because <laughs> his whole gimmick was he was a ladies' man after a certain point. And I'll go into how crazy that story is soon, but um, I think it was like. I'm trying to think how did it go it's like it's sexual yes. yeah it's uh, you should really check it out sexual chocolate Mark Henry theme song it's so great super funky no not Isaac Hayes it sounds like um, Barry White right. Barry White and uh, it's you know oh it just be wailing I wish we could play it right yeah, I wish I could, but uh, WWE does not play about their money. And I, do not have, I do not have WWE money, and they will not be suing me for nothing. <laughs> so y'all just best look it up. Uh, they lucky yeah. I'm talking about them for free right now. Yeah, that's free endorsement. Run me my boy check. <laughs> Send that message to uh, Cash App. It is literally 25 Get on that man Cash App. Yeah, uh, there is a, a Cash App. Uh, dollar sign Troy Track Select. Y'all mm-hmm. all know that by now. Y'all act like y'all don't, but y'all know. Uh, I'm, tired of, I'm tired of being humble. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of being humble. I'm tired of being low key. But Mark Henry's uh, whole theme, not theme song, but his whole story is insane. Um, probably hurt the community more than anything. But basically, at a certain point, he becomes a super ladies' man. And uh, he starts dating these different people in the universe. And you see him. He starts missing matches because of it, because he just be having. Um, these sessions <laughs> with these different lady friends, sometimes more than one at a time, and he was supposed to come out and help his homeboy D-Lo. It was D-Lo, yeah. yeah uh, Russell, and they can't find him because he's too busy um, engaging with his lady friends. And, sessions. Yeah, and so then, at a certain point, he becomes... Uh, well, that comes later. Then eventually, he starts um, dating, I think, China at a certain point, and... He gets tied up in the middle of the ring, and these ladies start, you know, doing things to him, pouring whipped cream on him, kissing on him and stuff. It was a different time. They should not have put this on yeah, TV. This was on TV. Um, Kids are watching this. Yeah, they had him tied up with the uh, cuff links and stuff, and then his girlfriend comes out of China, and then she beats him up. and Not him, but she beats uh, the girls who were trying to engage with him on the ring. But after a certain point, he starts dating this old lady. She's like 70 years old. She looks like Betty White does now. And, um, I feel like it was Betty White for some reason. It wasn't, but in your memory, it might be for real. Because I, yeah. It might be me, young. <laughs> so she, he's dating her, and, um, you know, she's got a high sex drive, y'all, just like him. And eventually he gets her pregnant, and then yeah. she gives birth to a hand, not a person, not a baby, right. literally a big hand. Was it a black hand? It was, it was a white, white hand. Okay, a big white hand. hand. <laughs> that is, it was yeah. a really insane time. Tell the Yeah, he gives birth. To, she gives birth to a hand, and um, I don't really know anything more than that. I just think that's crazy enough. I don't know how they could go any further. But eventually, he admits that he's a sex addict. He tries to go to therapy. <laughs> His therapist comes on to him. It's a woman. He comes on to him, and um, then. You know, he tries to get therapy. He's like, okay, that's not going to work. I'm going to try to get therapy uh, from a man. The man comes on to him. He's like, oh, my God, you guys are helping. Then that that's how he meets the old lady. It was an old lady therapist. He's like, okay, you know, that way I'll be fine. And then she comes on to him, and he gets her pregnant, and she gives birth to that hand. So I'm sure that hurt 
uh, therapy for a long time. That's why some of y'all won't go now. You need uh, to go. You need do to it. Go. If you can afford it, do it. You're 35. You're still talking about problems you had since you're 14. Yeah. Go please, get help. Please go get help. Um, this is out of love because I love y'all. Yeah. So that was pretty much Mark Henry's storyline, at least the most interesting parts of it. It doesn't really get uh, any more interesting after that. I don't think. How could you, right? So, uh, yeah, the sexual chocolate is actually something that I will ride around with in my car right now. Mm. Yeah, it makes me feel good. Put some chains on, makes me feel like I can get like my, uh, Mark Henry. I don't want to be an addict, but, you know, maybe get some lady friends like him. Yeah, yeah, try to get some sessions. <laughs> <laughs> Engage. Oh. Uh, you got anybody you want to name? All right, all right, so... Bouncing back, you know, I'm all, all outside of WWE, but I'm bouncing into back into TNA or Impact. No, we're not limited to WWE. Yeah. So I want to talk about Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban's theme song. Motor City. That was literally wrote by their band, um, which is really dope. Motor City. <laughs> don't get it. They're from Detroit. They're literally from Detroit. Uh, cool thing about Motor City Machine Guns, they literally are one of those tag teams like the Hardy Boys who help innovate newer tag teams now. Like high flying tag teams, like cruiserweight tag teams or light heavyweight tag teams, like them help push these guys now, showing that heavyweights aren't the only ones who can be a heavyweight champion or be in this picture. And they really put the importance on what tag team wrestling is, because it can be um, sometimes pushed to the side. Tag team wrestling is still very important, their stories are important. But that theme song, probably other than the Hardy Boys theme song, was probably one of my favorite theme songs for tag teams. And when I was a kid, you had these guys coming out like, Cool attires. They had like uh, sometimes like you know all things on their face, kind of going their gimmick. Mm-hmm. And then they call themselves the Motor City Machine Guns. How is that not a cool name? Originally they called themselves the Murder Machine Guns, but you know you can't have that. Yeah, it makes you have to change. Even though it seems like it's not, because we definitely just talked about a man, a woman giving birth to a hand. So but yeah, go ahead. And oh great! And trust me, TNA did not miss its uh, crazy script writing either. Because uh, TNA's almost went down three times and right now they're in the best years of their life. So, yes, Motor City Machine Guns, one of my favorite tag teams. One of my favorite wrestlers is actually Alex Shelley. And he actually retired for a little bit. He was like, I'm tired of wrestling for a little bit. I just want to rest. And now he's back, which I love because he's one of the best innovators right now. But that theme song literally lifts up inside of me like when I was a kid. Maybe around my early teens. I was probably maybe around 11 or 12. But I just love hearing that. It's like, these guys are awesome. They run, they're like they're a cool team. They're a two, they're a cool team tag team. You feel me? They're like the new. They're like the Hardy Boys. Uh, were for the kids in the '90s. I used to love the Hardy Boys. And they're like the Hardy Boys for like <laughs> kids in the '90s. Like for me, and I and the Hardy Boys was for me too. Now, well, I'll throw some. I'll actually cut long socks to turn into things like Jeff Hardy would <laughs> wear, and I'll start doing his dance. And if you don't know what that man dances, you don't really need to know because you ain't the real one. And I'm not gonna talk about. <laughs> they it. used to. They used to have these arm sleeves, y'all, that uh, they'd stick their thumb through. It looked kind of a lot like the uh, the, golf, uh, the shooting sleeves that, what do they use now? Um, shooting sleeves that basketball players use now. You know, it, it was just fun. And they would jump at the top of the room. That's why I loved them. I loved high-flying um, wrestlers back then. I would always play them as the video games. Um, play them in the video games. WWE has made so much money. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Um, you got any other, other uh, anything else you want to talk about with Motor City Machine Guns? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess like you know, I don't want to turn into a rest of podcast, but I'll love to do that one day. <laughs> um, I might even do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
I would say they're also a very uh, legendary team too, with like also being able to go to Japan, winning their junior tag team belts. That's also something cool. Uh, Japan does. They have junior tag team belts and then heavyweight belts too to have for tag teams, which is cool. Uh, they've been in Mexico, Ring of Honor. They're just really well, well-renowned tag team. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for them. Like, the the theme song's like one of those early rock songs. It's basically the same thing with the Hardy Boys. You know, you hear it. You know it when you hear it. It's like, oh, this is definitely aimed for people in their teens, yeah. people who are angsty. Like, you know, this is my time. They're, they're built for those type of people. Maybe even young people now. Uh, I think one of the most important things about these theme songs is sometimes wrestlers will do random entrances or, um, yeah, I'll just say random entrances where they're randomly breaking on somebody else's fight for whatever reason. Um, and so when you hear that theme song come on, you know immediately who's going to come out running um, or wherever. They might pop out anywhere. Um, that's why it's so iconic because you just you hear it and you like you know there's going to be trouble or you know such that's going to pop out wherever they might pop out. Ooh, why? Like, if you, you allow me to have the floor right quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bro, 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 bro. That made me think, you know, if you guys don't know who these guys are, you would know as soon as I say the name. Team 3D, a.k.a. the Dudley Boys. If y'all never heard their theme song in WWE, didn't heard it in, like, TNA, they're both fire. So, in TNA, they went by Team 3D because, you know, WWE took the copyright for the names. Of course they did. And but they even still were able to make a cool name with in in TNA the theme song was like basically like look out look out look out and it was just fire I was just it's just cool theme songs bro oh that's it for me right now um, <laughs> one other wrestler I want to bring up I got two more um, but Vince McMahon <laughs> okay it's hard to talk about Vince McMahon because he's not really a wrestler per se. He has had a couple matches where he has had to wrestle some people. Yes, that is true. And he actually did want to be a wrestler uh, before he became who he is. I'll get to that in a second. But um, a lot of times, well, let's just get to it. Vince McMahon is the person who owns WWE. Um, and so he's a he's in real life is a billionaire, very much so. And um, actually, pretty much, I don't want to say built. WWE from the ground up because he did have a lot of his father was already in the wrestling mm-hmm. business but it is his company that he did name and found um, but it's a little different when you already have a, a decent amount of money and capital to work with but um, yeah so he starts WWE and eventually kind of puts himself inserts himself into the show and so in the 90s and the early 2000s, and I'm sure he still inserts himself very much so. But he plays the role of pretty much himself. I mean, Vince McMahon is his real name. Um, yeah. But he plays the corporate billionaire, the owner of WWE, and he's kind of always played a villain. I don't think it's ever been like, oh, we want to root for Vince McMahon. Um, because in real life, he's a villain and a terrible person. But whatever. So it's kind of hard to blur the lines of who he is as a wrestler and who he is as a character. But um, I'm trying to think of the storyline that I really want to bring up with Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah, yeah. But his theme song, which is actually one of the best theme songs. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. But he is a uh, you know corporate billionaire, owner, CEO, and his... Theme song, what is it actually called? No Chance? Yeah. 
No chance. Yeah, he's like, no chance. That's what you got. And that's how it starts. No chance in him. Yeah, it would be really dope if he was an actual real wrestler. And he wasn't, even when he does wrestle, most times he's terrified and he gets hurt. Uh, by people, but he's got to know. Usually, blew both out his like knees, oh quads, sliding into arena. Yeah, in the in the what's it called, the screw job. Uh, nah. So that was with Bret Hart, but what I'm talking about is basically. I know which one you're talking uh, about. John Cena and um uh, Batista botched uh, in a Royal Rumble, and Vince McMahon came out so mad. Botch means mess up, by the way. It's pretty obvious there. Yeah. And so he got so mad, he slid in the ring and literally blew out both his quads. Yeah. He's like 70-something years old, but still like <laughs> he this humongous it. being uh, because he takes all the steroids in the world. Uh, so I don't know how long this man's going to live. He's probably going to outlive me with the amount of money and access oh, yeah. access to resource that he has. But he's still a very large man. Like he's in no – I mean he's, he's pretty ripped and at 70 years old, which is why it's insane looking. It looks mm-hmm. weird. Um because his neck still shows that he's 70, but the rest of his body looked different. Um, but yeah, his theme song is just like this really angry, snarly, kind of punk song of just like, you've got no chance fighting me, and he's going to crush you because he's the corporate overlord. Mm-hmm. So you can't really fight Vince McMahon. He's going to put you in some crappy matches and just get you thrown out of the WWE. Corpo. Yeah, as himself in real life really will ruin your life yes. and as himself in the WWE world as a villain will ruin your life right. theoretically. Yes. Um, if not, he'll buy you and make sure you don't go to any other company and sit you on the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's it's an incredible thing that he plays himself that well, I guess. Um, yeah, he's just insane. And he's got some matches way back in the day with The Undertaker mm. where supposedly The Undertaker like kidnaps his daughter and, uh, and um, he takes out this like he sends someone he sends Paul Bear to Vince McMahon and he gives him a teddy bear which is supposed to symbolize being the other I mean uh, that he has his daughter and he sets the teddy bear on fire like it's some real villainous stuff they wrote early on in the day uh, back in the day which is why people were terrified of the Undertaker if you got the CEO's company hostage somewhere for whatever reason because I really don't know the full story. I just know enough to know that it's insane that they would do something like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Vince McMahon is an amazing guy. I mean, he says in interviews and these are supposed to be fake interviews but still, he's like, I love, he says, I enjoy ruining people's lives. And he meant that though. Like he said, he said it with so much conviction that he meant that for real and we've seen him ruin some people's lives and you know there's some things I already exaggerated about him but like when Jordan said that man's literally a terrible human being to a point he is he's He's racist Uh, but go ahead oh he's definitely racist yeah Yeah. if y'all don't know that y'all if y'all trying to sue me he's racist (laughs) (laughs) there's literally literally evidence on his own show let's not do this Um, so Vince McMahon, though, his theme song, which I would hope that you have one of the best theme songs as the CEO. I'm sure he made sure of that. Oh, yeah, he was in that booth. Well, Jim Johnston wrote it. Um, it's It identifies him so well. No chance in hell. Um, yeah, all the hope leaves when Vince McMahon is involved in something. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, right. he has some great uh, mic skills, though. I will give him um, that. He's exciting to watch. Well, you know, originally he was a... Uh, and viewer for his dad because originally yeah. his dad owned WER and then his dad gave it to him so it wasn't his company it was his father's and then he got the company I think he just changed the name. name yeah 
Which then again, he changed the name again because you know they got sued. They lost a lawsuit, which is hilarious. Um, to the uh, World the, Wildlife uh, Fund, which people were not comparing those two. That was a whole lot from that company, yeah. and they they profited off of that. And people will say, "Oh uh, no, nah, no one was actually relating those two companies." Yeah, Even they were in, both called WWF at a point, and then Worldwide World Wildlife Fund sued World Wrestling Federation WWF. And uh, they had to change it to WWE World Wrestling Entertainment. Go ahead, Keith. Yeah, I don't care what nobody say. Both of those companies are wrong. But what uh, if I'm talking about World Life Fund, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. they definitely lied. And said <laughs> people were comparing them. They were not. So, but they won the lawsuit. So. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, I wonder how that went, but that'll be another day. Uh, all right, so I guess it's my turn to uh, shoot somebody up. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, got to get out of the club. All right, but speaking of shooting, we're going back to New Japan, and we're talking about. Let me tell you guys something. I'm talking about one of the most cultural, recent cultural icons for like T-shirts and stuff. The Bullet Club. If y'all don't know who the Bullet Club is, you gotta look them up. You will find them. You will find the T-shirts and Hot Topic everywhere. It's it's become like a staple. So like the things I was like, I got a young man. I shot him with my gun. <laughs> They're literally, they're supposed to be a gaijin or basically American wrestlers all in the Japanese company saying, hey man, we're fed up with this. We're gonna make, we're bad guys. We're gonna beat up these dudes. Yo, legends, we're gonna beat them up. This dude, we're gonna beat them up. Are you laughing at this guy? We're beating them up. <laughs> we're the bullet club. We don't play. These guys are dope. They're heels. They're funny. Like, the things are almost fire. And even some of the best wrestlers, even ones I mentioned, like AJ Styles, was the leader of the bullet club. And after that, there was a guy named Prince Devitt, aka uh, Finn Balor, now in WWE. Um, he was actually one of the originals, actually the original leader of the Bullet Club. Uh, so the Bullet Club is still a big thing, guys. Their t-shirts still sell. And funny enough, I think I mentioned the AEW, the new company now, or some company. The guys who were actually on that company and running it now were actually in the Bullet Club. But what happened was they made a subgroup called the Elite, and then they split off. And in a weird way, if you want to put it how you want to put it, they basically profited off the Bullet Club and then left. They, they really didn't hype up the Bullet Club. They hyped up themselves, and then they left. They used it. You see what I mean? So they used them as a platform. And you know, it happens, but it sucks. Um, but Bullet Club's have one of the best theme songs. They haven't changed it much. But in that group, there's a group called The Grills of Destiny, Tamatonga, and all. Uh, Ikaleo, I think it's like they're both Samoans. Are, and dudes, theme songs are so cool. Hard. It's like... It's like gorilla, gorillas of destiny. You don't want no problems. And I'm like, oh yeah, we'll rock with that. And when I tell y'all, don't ever try to get in a Twitter fight with Tom Tonga because he will set you right. <laughs> he did not care. And it's so funny because he got time. Oh, he got time. He <laughs> definitely has time, and he will make sure. So a good example of this is how funny they are. In Japan, they would cuss lively. And, you know, they don't know what it mean. But it was hilarious, y'all. And it got them so funny. It was so funny because, like, even the Japanese wrestlers started doing it. And it was just hilarious. So he cussed. He's like, come on, you, you, this. And they're like, oh, no, come on, you, you. It was just hilarious, y'all. These dudes are funny. But that was one of my favorite Bullet Club's theme songs. And they're a faction because in J- Japan, you don't you have singles wrestlers by themselves, but you usually have them in factions. Yeah, and that's how a lot of those wrestling companies work, which I didn't know. So there's Chaos, Bullet Club, Los Ingobla... I'm not going to mess it up. Los Ingobla-Oblis. I'm not, you know, we're just going to... Ungovernables in, in English to Spanish. Uh, and then there's also Suzuki Gun. 
So those are four factions for men. And mind you, these wrestlers can have up to six to seven wrestlers. Almost ten. Mm. So you can imagine why their roster is full. Yeah. So it's like, and there's many beefs, all that, tag team. So it's really cool. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. Name my last wrestler. We can, we can go a little longer to name something I'm key because I'm about time to cut this. Oh, <laughs> man, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. No, I'm enjoying it. But Rick, Rick Blair, Nature Boy, uh, coming in. One of the most flying, jet flying, high profile. Yeah, one of the most, uh, I mean, identifiable, most legendary, one of the only two-time Hall of Fame uh, yeah, wrestlers in WWE, SmackDown. Um, you might be wondering, how can you be a two-time Hall of Famer? Um, basically, you go in as a single wrestler, and then you can go in as a tag team wrestler as well. But uh, just an electrifying charismatic wrestler like and he was one of the only guys who was well at first you know, he's known as what the dirtiest in the game the dirtiest to ever do it yes um i'm trying to explain this personality if you have no idea who rick flair is basically he is the baller of the ballers. yeah baller of ballers in the wwe universe he wears all the nice coats the fur coat the gator shoes the gold chains, the rings, the watches, the limousines, the jets. The women. Yeah, the women. That's what <laughs> it was like everybody wanted to be Ric Flair. How could you not want to be Ric Flair as a kid? Ric Flair was big in the 70s. Ooh. And I am a Ric Flair fan as someone most definitely not born in the 70s or the 60s. Uh, he's just outlasted that many people, been around mm-hmm. that long, and is still... I mean, was still wrestling when I was a kid yeah. in the early 2000s. Probably shouldn't have been, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still wrestling. Um, yeah, I mean, his theme song was, I think it's very similar to, I think it was, Loki, the theme from A Space Odyssey 2000. It was, it was basically that, but I'm sure they edited it in a way where Just enough, but it wouldn't get sued. But originally, I think it was. Uh, the Space Odyssey, and then they're like, okay, you guys might want to change this. Unless the creator was like, oh, I don't care. Yeah, it's literally the dude came out and uh, coke. Yeah. Big thing. If your if your drip not right as a wrestler, your coke game, that's big in Japan too. Like that's that's something big. If you don't have a cool coat, you're not really drippy. You're not drippy. Ric Flair's whole thing was like, I have more money than you. I'm nasty. I mean, he said one of the, the funniest things he ever said to me is uh, that golden retriever you got for a wife. Woo! What? You're lucky he didn't stab you. Um, <laughs> You're lucky he didn't shoot. He said, yeah, that he's called. He said that golden retriever you call a wife. That's what it was. Uh, oh my God. He's always been lucky. And of course, one of his most legendary promos is, you know, you're, you're talking to the Rolex wearing Ring wearing, diamond ring wearing, you know, kids stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun. It was always ugly. Like, it's so funny to me. Uh, jet flying, limousine <laughs> riding. Yep. Ride up the Space Mountain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Space Mountain is the oldest uh, oldest ride, longest line. That was when he was old. Um, and then, you know, one of his stories, because there's so many to keep up with. I don't try to keep up with all of them. Because when you wrestle for 50-odd years, 
they just write because it's basically a soap opera. So they have episodes every, mm-hmm. I mean, every couple days. Uh, so I'm not keeping up with all that. But one of my favorites is when he's older and it's about time for him to retire. I remember the rule was because he didn't want to in the story. He, they made him keep wrestling. He had to wrestle every night, pretty much, or every time they aired it, you know. But if he ever lost, whenever his first loss was, it was when he was forced to retire. That was, I guess, what Vince McMahon made him do in the story. I don't know how, you know, how real it might be. For it. It's written, it's scripted. So, um, but that was so insane to me to see this old man being beat up by these <laughs> animals every night. <laughs> animals. <laughs> He's 70 years old, like, and he's in here wrestling. He does not look good. Ric Flair has always looked like an old man, but at least back in the day, he had so some sort of physique, I guess. That boy like an old man, old old boy. Yeah, getting beat up, but he used to put people in that figure four. That was my favorite, or that was crazy back in the day, figure four. I would put my dad in a figure four, like, which is why you're not supposed to do it, but I would put my parents in wrestling moves and stuff, because I have no siblings, so they had to get beat up instead. Yeah. And, um, I mean, because I, I was wondering, I was like, you know, how does that really hurt? I remember uh, back with Direct TV, where you would like you play it and reverse it and forward. I played Ric Flair doing a figure four just so I could learn. I watched it so long. I used to do it on this pet monkey I had. <laughs> it was a, let me see. Yeah, okay, let me play it one, I was like, yeah, yeah, I have no bobo like that. I had a, a stuffed <laughs> monkey with like really long limbs so I could really work it out and try to figure out how to, how to put it on. But uh, shoot, the monkey was just not as tall as I was, but I would lock him in this figure four and then I would work it on my dad. And it, like, if me as a child could hurt my dad with the figure four, clearly it's a very dangerous move. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Rick Flair was one of my favorites because he always had the money, always had the cars, always had the rings. I wanted to be Ric Flair. Yeah, Ric Flair's group is a song. There are wrestlers, I mean, sorry, rappers, very much took kindly to Ric Flair. He's super big in the black community um, mm. because we always wanted to have the type of money that Ric Flair had. I remember one of the times he said, you know, I spent more money on spilled liquor all across the bars, all across this land than you made. Like last year, it'd be just, he was a, mad, he was a nasty guy, just mean. Um, but that's why he was fun. And, you know, he wasn't talking all that stuff about you know, Hulk Hogan in terms of, you know, you got to say your prayers, respect your parents. He's like, nah, bump all of that. Get money. Get money. That's all that matters. Get rich or die trying. Yeah. So um, his theme song was just monumental. It meant a legend was coming. It always sounded like it was a legend coming. Mm-hmm. Um, it matched up with him very well. Um, yeah. I mean, you guys should really listen to some of the promos. Promos is just kind of a promotion that they would cut to, um, get people excited about match that was coming. He was one of the most skilled people to get people excited because he was just, I don't know, a larger than life personality. And I don't want to say was, he's definitely still alive, but he doesn't wrestle anymore, but uh, Mm. you still hear his name and you still see him. Um, Yeah. There's really, I can't say too much about him. I could go all day about how funny he was. So we're just going to go on to whatever key's got to say about some other wrestler. (laughs) Yeah. Ripley has a, a, a astonishing, resume, but to add to Ric Flair, I kind of built off of him. Mm-hmm. I have to get into one of my absolute favorite legends. As you have Ric Flair for yours, my favorite legend of all time will always be Sting. And we're talking Crow Sting. We're, I also love Sting's pre-work because a lot of people know he's a legend. Sting's a legend. He wrestled pretty much as long um, as Ric Flair. Yeah, pretty much. He he was tag team partners with um, 
either the uh, warrior or somebody. One of the one of the two. The ultimate warrior. warrior. Right. And so also is, one of my favorite wrestlers. Go ahead. He's been wrestling for a long time. So my favorite thing song for Sting is definitely when he was in, of course. Uh, and TNA or Impact. It's like dun, 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 and the lights go flashing on and on, and then you can hear him saying, "He'll do it." See, there's two people who do woos. There's Rick, and then there's Sting. But he'll be like, "Woo!" <laughs> Crowd would be like, "Amazing, awesome." It was just cool. And Sting was one of those guys you like, you know, inspired people like Jeff Hardy to wear face paint, do all this stuff, the bat wearing. And I really don't like singlets on wrestlers, but he was the first one to make me like singlets on guys. And I think they look dope. And his attires are always cool. Wrestling with literally a reverse DDT is literally called the Scorpion Death Drop. How is that not the coolest name for a finisher, bro? Then he had the Scorpion, the Scorpion, uh, <laughs> Scorpion Death Lock. Boy was out here doing things that no one else could, and we never got the match that we really truly deserve. Undertaker versus Sting, two icons in their own respective companies, because. If you don't, if, a lot of people should know this. WCW Sting, that was Sting's territory. He was their Undertaker, or if you want to say, mm-hmm. he was the equivalent to the dark, mysterious, yeah, oh, he's he scary. Person. Yes. Uh, you should probably go into how people feared Sting for people it. People really here's a Here's a good idea of why people fear Sting. Sting literally just sat and watched matches in the rafters, quiet. White face paint, he was based off the crow. That's what he based his game off of. Yeah. And he literally never wrestled for months. Ne- he didn't even talk for months. He has sat in the, in the audience or above the rafters watching matches. And he was so, a looming character who yeah. just sat in the sky, basically, watching from afar. People saw him, and it was terrifying because, like, who is this person just sitting, you know, not in seats with the fans or nothing, like, just literally above the ring just watching. And he would, yeah. he would carry a bat all the time and just yeah. pointed at people. And then also, when he did do matches, and the thing was, he never did matches, but he would do run-ins. The thing is, he didn't run it like regular people. He came down off, uh, what is it, a bungee cord or whatever? A literal a drop wire, drop whatever yeah, you want to call it. Be like a and, and he would come down off the ring, unclip himself, and smack people with bats and then leave. <laughs> How is that not terrifying at the time? Yeah, that's literally what he did for a while. And lights would go out and stuff. Like This dude was literally horrifying, but cool. You want the root for Sting. And when he was in Impact, he was more of like, he's a legend now. He's a wrestler. Like, he had to change his style up, you know. He's older. Yeah. But he still was able to put on entertaining matches. And so that's the thing I grew up with. And a lot of people don't understand. Sting was amazing in TNA. Like, that's one of his best, one of his best, if not one of the best runs of his career. Sadly, you know, writing and management kind of messed up TNA multiple times. But out of all of that, Sting was always there for them. And it's cool now because he's now actually with AEW, who's now doing a partnership with Impact, which is something. If that, I don't know what's happening yet, but if he pops up on Impact, I'm going. I might not cry, but I will be very emotional because Sting has not come back to Impact in a very long time, y'all. He had his last company was going downhill. The right, that company should have been like gone over like three times because of management mis mishandling stuff. Yeah. But for him now to be back in the Impact's on their up and up would just be beautiful. It'll be something like. Poetry emotion. You know how old Sting is? Sting is like at least in his late 50s. I was like, he got to be in his 50s. So I think what he's going to do now, they're going to do more theatric matches where it's more like they want to show him moving around too much. Yes. But you know, he will do some things like brawls and stuff. But I want to see him do one last match. And I'm not going to lie. I would love to see him do one last match with Undertaker. And the thing is, Undertaker's not contracted to WWE anymore, y'all. Mm. Just like a good example is Chris Jericho. Mm. Like, And we need to get on him. But Chris Jericho... 
might have loyalty to WWE, but they can go everywhere else. So it would be really cool if Undertaker said, you know what, I want to give the people what they want. Mm-hmm. One last, and it don't have to be a real match, it could be a theatrics match between Steam versus Undertaker. Yeah, um, part of the reason both those characters were so terrifying is because I forgot to mention Undertaker would also like come in from the Raptors like on a you know on a string where he would just come floating. Yeah, he seemed like this supernatural being at a point. Sting never they never really gave him like powers, but the Undertaker they dang near gave him yeah. superpowers. Sting was basically like Batman. Yeah, and he would hit you with a bat. Yeah. Literally, he is Batman. Yeah. So and that's why he was scary because. The build up to Steam was he just popped up one day and he never talked. He never said anything. And guys, remember, this is like 70s, 80s, 90s stuff. He literally had his white face paint, black um, black eyeliner, and that's it. And he was silent. Yep. This is, and Sting's no little dude either. Sting's tall. Yeah. This is intimidating as crap. You're like, as a fan, you're like, who the heck is that up in the Raptors, bro? <laughs> yeah, like, who is who is this person? Just And they would both him and Untrack would just pop up random mm-hmm. places. Lights mm-hmm. would go out for a second. And then you just see this being standing before you. And you're about to get hurt. <laughs> and you know you are. As a wrestler, you're like, wow, I'm really about to get hit with a bat right now. <laughs> and you get hit. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, just ugly. That they would, they'd be hitting people with weapons for they have yeah. weapons under the mat. Yes. All kinds of stuff. Bats, steel mm-hmm. chairs, pipes. And shit, we didn't even talk about ECW, but that would be enough. Like ECW guys, mm. yeah, this is a thing that can go on all day because yes. the world of wrestling is so vast and like broad, expansive. Yeah, so I'll say Sting's TNA theme song is probably one of the best I've heard. I, I let me, I need to actually know the name of it, but I can just say this: is, if you want to listen to it, just look at Sting's uh, TNA theme song. Or it's not the crew. Uh, it might just be. Sometimes well, you type in the Crow theme song. Yes, does it? But um, yeah, man, he is an exciting individual. Sting is. I always, like I said, I always tend to go towards mysterious. Uh, I was gonna say creepy, but scary wrestlers, just because I like wow. that story. I've always appreciated theatrics, even as a kid. But I just thought it was real back then. So <laughs> his theme song for teenage is literally called "Slay Me." Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, so. Guys, like when I say if you watch his work in TNA, he's not the mysterious character as he was. He's Sting the legend, but he still carries the weight of like, yeah, I'm going to beat you. And I'm getting twisted. I'm a champion. And dude's amazing. Yeah, so shoot. That's the show. That's basically it. Uh, we just wanted to share. I just wanted an excuse to talk about wrestling and talk about mistakes. I'm not people would say. I just wanted to talk about wrestling and see if people get thrown through a mat or a pile drive or coming from the top mm-hmm. rope because I love Busters. Elbow drops. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an incredible part of childhood. I don't think kids are as I'm not sure kids are as into it as they were. They still are. It's now though with COVID. I don't know how COVID's gonna change. Yeah, but I think now um, wrestling's reaching a different point now because it's like it really builds off audience. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. It's a very reactionary thing, but it, yeah. they're trying to shift it. Yeah. So, but. It shouldn't be too hard because you. Can, that's how I used to get kids now. You saw it on TV. You feel me? Very much. I was not going to the show. Oh, which I would love. But I think, a testament, y'all can mark me on this. I will be going to a WWE show. No, I mean, not WWE. Maybe AEW. Anywhere. Mm-hmm. A wrestling event. Because I want to see people wrestle. And I think I deserve to see that once all this stuff falls over. Wear your mask, please. Wear your mask. Stay six feet back. Good God, I'm tired of being loud. Stay, stay inside. If... I always go outside if you need food and essentials, and if you work a job, that is it. God, like please, please. Um, 
Please. So one last thing Please. before we dip out. Go ahead and uh, plug your socials one last time. All right, all right, all right. So my uh, art Instagram is Keyshawn Art. That is Keyshawn, K-E-S-H-A-W-N. Able, like, you know, you're able to do something. And then art. Then my personal is Keyshawn which is basically K-E-S-H-A-W-N. Able. That's it. That's my personal. If you want to follow me there. Uh, I don't need a lot of strangers following me, so follow me on my art page. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, appreciate the love and support. appreciate being here. I know I got in depth with a lot of wrestling stuff, but hey, man, if y'all want to know more about it, try to put me on. Yeah, the man is passionate, man. Um, but yeah, man, thanks for coming to the show. And I guess uh, if you made it to this part of the show, you were real when you waited all the way to the end. Shout out to you. You're an all-star. Hope you have a great week. Hope you give me some money, too. Um, cash out. Cash out. We're trying Dollar to get the, sign. the Patreon is up. Why are y'all playing? <laughs> Dollar sign, Troy, track, select. And uh, have a great week, y'all. Thanks for coming through. Hey, y'all right now. Love y'all. Peace. (laughs)